Voices serves as the megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational change. By highlighting trials and triumphs, our desire is to create a safe space for pivotal conversations, which in turn will deepen the story and provoke hope for you, our listeners. As you may know, change is never easy, but it is inevitable. You are not alone in what you're facing. Your transformation is possible, purposeful, and now. And here's Aaron Wiggum, founder and managing director of New You, with this week's guest. So we're very happy to have another episode of New Voices. We have a wonderful guest with us today. This woman here has um, truly become a sister of mine. We have done some work together over the last 18 months, and uh, she is uh, a native of Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. Um, But she came to us by way of South Carolina. This woman is an educator. She's a fierce leader. She is a woman who is on the prowl right now, and you're going to hear her name in several different circles. I know her to be a woman of integrity, a woman of purpose, and I know her to be someone who is looking for the true value of whatever she's a part of. And so I'm so grateful that she joined us in some of the work that we're doing with New You. I bring you none. I bring to you none other than the founder of JMC Consulting Firm, not soft. Um, <laughs> My one and only friend here, uh, Montana, Dr. Montana J. Kane. Please welcome her to the show. Montana, we're so glad to have you. So welcome to the show. So glad to have you. It's been a long time coming. um, And we were thinking about people to bring to the show. Um, You were definitely right at the top of the list of individuals that we had to interview and uh, capture in this space. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and be back with my crew, my team, and Aaron, my forever hype man. Yes. Um, I just remember the time that I met you in... um, We met at 36 Degrees North. Tara Tara introduced us because I was at a... A weird point. She's like, "Oh, you need to talk to Erin." Yeah. And I just remember meeting you, and you're like, "Okay, you need to talk to my wife if you want to be in education." Because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and yeah. you were just plugging me in, didn't know me from a can of paint. Yes. And we're just willing to take me under your wings. So I am just grateful just to have connected with you and just for our conversation today. Absolutely. I, I think you know, the the streets say that real recognize real. Absolutely. And I think that the immediate connection was like I saw sincerity and authenticity, and I knew that you. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm big on discernment, mm-hmm. and so I could read right away mm-hmm. that you weren't a game, and that you were qualified in, um, in a market like Tulsa where, um, they are looking for a pool of t- qualified individuals. Um, not to say that there isn't one, mm-hmm. but there there there's not always a connection between oh, yeah. you know to to make bridge that gap, and so right when I met somebody who's qualified and who's authentic. <laughs> And who's uh, and, and you know can be integral to the system? I was like, yeah, let's plug her in. So uh, I'm so glad that we crossed paths, and Absolutely. it was very serendipitous mm-hmm. that that we did when we did. Oh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was divine timing. It was divine timing for sure. Yeah. So let's get this party started. Right. Um, now for our listeners, we're gonna have we, no, Montana. Now we cut up, and Absolutely. so you're gonna <laughs> just sit back. 
uh, get you a, a glass of lemonade or something, and we're going to have a, a open dialogue, and you're just going to listen to us talk. All right, so don't please do not. Uh, this may not be like what you're accustomed to hearing um, as we exchange. But uh, tell us the story. Take us back to Flat East Flatbush, uh, Brooklyn, New York, boogie down, and uh, let us know. Um, what was your journey from there to where you are currently? Okay, so first of all, Boogie Down is the Bronx. Um, so Brooklyn oh, all day. See, there she go. I messed so, up already, um, see? Okay, and I'm not crying for motion. My eyes just dry, so just so you know. Oh, I'm whatever. Savage, okay, but um, so my journey has just been a bunch of just kind of uh, physical transitions. So I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. And um, my mom passed away when I was young, and mm. my grandparents then took care of my sister and I. Okay. And so they decided to take us to South Carolina. Mm. And so um, they moved my sister and I to South Carolina because they did not want to raise their grandchildren in Brooklyn, New York yeah. at the time. And so I lived in South Carolina, went to middle school and high school there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just felt kind of out of place in South Carolina. Like it was nice and it was, but it just didn't feel right. And so I wanted to go back up north. I was like, I'm just, I need to go back. So I yeah. went to school in Boston, um, was there for a little bit. And then from there, um, I graduated, started teaching. So I started teaching in 2000, gosh, in 2004. Sorry, I became a teacher. You're that old? I'm um, sir. <laughs> okay, and you're older. So anyway, um, but black don't crack, so let's keep talking. Better. So anyway, how about that? so I started teaching. Um, and it was weird because I was teaching, um, when I was teaching, I was uh how old? I was like twenty and my student I was teaching um high school. Yeah. And my students were like eighteen. Right. So I'm like, okay. But um yes, yeah, so I taught for a while. So I taught in um in Boston, New York or Boston, Massachusetts, then mm-hmm. I moved to teaching in Newburgh, New York. Yeah. And then um transitioned and was like, Okay, I need something. I need to move back down south. And so I moved to uh, North Carolina and taught at Fayetteville State University. Yeah, at early yeah. college, high school. Nice. There, um, got burnt out of teaching. Yeah. Like teaching was great; it was wonderful. But um, I got burnt out, and I needed something else. So yeah. that was another pivot in my life. I was like, okay, teaching. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't know what's next. But well, all I know is education. Yeah. And I'm very linear. So I had a, a, a bachelor's. I had a master's, and I was like, okay, next step is a PhD. Right. And I'm telling you, Aaron. At the time, I had no idea what a PhD was. I thought a dissertation was like the GRE, give me yeah. like a choice test. <laughs> um, but I got in. I ended up going to Chapel Hill. Okay. Um, completed my studies there, but I also made another transition. So I thought I wanted to teach teachers. Like I taught young people, let me teach teachers. Right. But during my PhD program, learned about evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me was a happy place because I was able to apply my research, but in a real world aspect. Right. Um, and so did evaluation um, for several years, which is the field that I'm currently in now. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, moved from North Carolina to South Carolina, had several positions within there um, in inter- internal and external evaluation. And then I had another pivotal moment where I was like, okay, in 2021, of course, in the middle of the pandemic, pandemic I was like, okay, yep. I need, like, I need, I don't feel, I need, I feel too settled here. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need something. And so had my first remote job and decided, hey, I need to, like, I can move anywhere. So mm-hmm. Googled programs, found out about, or just Googled different cities, and then um, found out about the Tulsa Remote Program. I knew about, I lived in uh, Durham for a, uh, while I was in Chapel Hill. Yep. And I was like, okay, they have a Black Wall Street. I knew about that. The history, I have never been to Oklahoma in my life. Yeah. I remember driving in my little car, like, what are you doing? Right. Um, but, yeah, so I think that was another pivotal moment. So just me moving to Tulsa in and of mm-hmm. itself was scary. But when I tell you the best decision, and if I thought about it anymore, I probably wouldn't have done it. Like, right. I think I got the job in December. Um, I got accepted to the program the end of December. And I was, move- I was moved here um, in March. Yeah. So it was a quick process. But it wow. was just I had to do it. Yeah. Like, I needed, I knew I needed that change. Mm-hmm. And this experience here in Tulsa has just been life-changing. Yeah. Like, I can't even... I can't even explain it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I even look back at my experience here, which I'm sure we'll dig into more, but it seems so surreal to me. Yeah. Um, all of the things that I've experienced while being here. Yeah. No, that's great. I, we're going to bounce around the timeline a little bit mm-hmm. here. So uh, 
let's talk a little bit about that journey to Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I went through the same thing. Oklahoma was not on my radar. <laughs> um, I had never had a layover in Oklahoma, never flown over Oklahoma. Mm -mm. It was totally, I had no point of reference to go from. And um, I remember grappling with, like, what are you, tr what are you doing? Why are you entertaining this? Like, Oklahoma for real? Mm -hmm. And um, the only reference I had was the the musical, you know, O K L A H O. We we did the musical in high school. Okay. That that that's I'm 20 plus years removed from high school, and we so know, a little further. Uh, oh, you know what? How about that? Well, go ahead. And so um, <laughs> it was a it was a very um, it, it was it's something that had to like settle on mm -hmm. you, right? And then when I'm flying here, I remember um, we're getting close. Um, they say we're about to descend, and I remember looking out the window like, "Okay, it's on." Like I, I, I it had like settled on me, right? Yeah. But until then, I was like, "I don't know what in the world I'm doing right now." I didn't know a soul here, right? And yeah. so there's this very interesting um, energy and pool oh, yeah. that is here and that is palpable. Like you can feel um, something on the brink of something. You can mm -hmm. feel this like. Uh, uh, but you have to come here to experience that, right? Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about that segue um, out of South Carolina here to Tulsa. And like, as you were pivoting, what was going through your mind? Like, what? How did you? How did you create a sense of security mm -hmm. in a very unsecure uh, or insecure space in your life? Well, I'm going to say this is not for kids because I was scared as hell. Okay. okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was scared as hell. And you flew here. I drove here. Yeah. And you I had remember, a lot of time to think about it. No. I had a lot of time to see, right? So I think for me, driving here, yeah. I remember being in my car. I was like, oh, shit. You just packed up all your stuff. You're in your car with you two plants, a suitcase. Yes. And for me... I was scared because yeah. I was like, what did you just do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're driving here and I'm like, I have never, I mean, I drove here to for my first visit, but I remember moving. I was like, you've never really driven past like, like Georgia mm -hmm. and even Atlanta, not even all the parts of Georgia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so for me driving here and then when you drive into Oklahoma, it's flat land. Yes. I remember thinking like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. Like there's no street lights, There's yeah. no buildings. Right. There's like nothing. What are you doing? Yes. Um, and so it took a full year for me to actually settle here because I just remember thinking, if I'm gonna be complete, like you got 10k, yeah, like use that money, enjoy it, because with the Tulsa Remote Program you get the 10, you know, the right. incentives. So I remember yeah. thinking, okay, you can do anything for a year. Mm -hmm. So that first year was just okay. You're here. I didn't even fully plug in. I think when you were talking about all the things that Tulsa has, mm -hmm. you have to first be willing to plug in. You have to first make yourself absolutely. You have to take that risk to just like I'm gonna take the leap. My first year, I did what was familiar to me, right? right. So I plugged into my sorority because of course Sigma Gamma Rho. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you plug into like what's familiar. So the gym. Yeah. I plugged into um my sorority mm -hmm. and things of that because it was comfortable and familiar to me. Right. And then I slowly started to once I got tired of my house because I was I was working from home yeah. remotely. Um, and I was like, okay, let me start going to Tulsa. Let me start going to 36 degrees. Mm -hmm. And so once I started plugging in more, mm -hmm. that's when I was, that's when I got more comfortable because I was able to see. So right. it's all about exposure. Yeah. But my first year I was scared. And that was around the time that I met you because I was like, okay, Tara, like, cause I was going through another change. Like I'm here in Tulsa. So for me, it was like, I need a change in location. Mm -hmm. But I realized I was just going through this, this shift and you have to really learn to listen to your body yeah. and like listen to the world around you. Everything. I knew that Tulsa was right for me yeah. because everything lined up. Yeah. Like I sold my house in a year. I got the, I mean, in a day. Yeah. 
I got the apartment that I wanted on the floor that I wanted yeah. after they told me they only had a wait list. They were like, after I called them and said, okay, I really do want to get in, they were like, oh, we don't have anything available. And I was like, well, I, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. And then she called me back within an hour. I was like, hey, you won't believe it, but someone just broke the lease for the apartment that you wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or for the floor that you wanted. Right. So I'm like, okay, God. Yeah. Like, what is this? I'm trying to, I'm trying to not do this, but yeah. you're making it too easy. Like everything lined up. So yeah. I just... So I got here because I knew I needed that shift. But then once I was here, it was another shift because I realized, like, my position wasn't it. Like, the job that I had got me here. Yeah. But that wasn't the right position for me. Yeah. And then I had another transition because I thought it was a job. So I switched to another job. And I was like, okay, maybe this job is going to be it. That one wasn't it. And mm-hmm. that's around the time I was like, okay, am I supposed to leave, like, this job? Am I supposed to go to a high, like, do I go move up in a corporation? Do I start my own business? Like, yes. so I had all these different decisions that I had to make in the midst of being in this new city and then realizing, oh, they have all these resources here for me. So I think the biggest thing for me in Tulsa is like, I'm not alone. Right. So once I plugged into 36 and started connecting with more people, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not the only one who's having this life shift. I'm seeing more black founders. Because yes. you don't, when you see that, you don't, like, I think of Shark Tank. Yeah. Like, when I think of business owners and entrepreneurs, there's a certain group of people that I see that right. don't look like me. Right. And so when I'm plugging in, I'm like, oh, wait. This regular person who I just saw at, Tra- at Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. like you got a whole business. Right. You know, when you start seeing it's regular people doing big shit. Absolutely. You realize like, oh, I can do it too. Yeah. And I think that was another like a mental transition for me of like, you can do it. And my whole thing has just been, why not? Right. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, what's the worst that can happen? hundred percent. I had a very similar experience. Uh, got the call about opportunity here in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And um, when I finally had the moment where it was like, okay, let's explore this. I remember um, I told my wife, I said, hey, let's let's do this. Let's let's see what's what's cooking. We'll put the house on the market. Like same thing here, household within 24 hours. We got asked for it. This is before the the, the housing spike happened, you know? And... um, we got we sold the house for ask. Um, they offered us relocation and all these other different incentives that they, they were piled on, and so it was like everything that I would say that would be a no, I already made made it became a yes. And so, what am I saying no to now? Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, am I holding myself back? What am I holding myself back from? Right, and the really it it was the fear of the unknown, and I needed. To be honest with you, I needed the deck to be stacked that high for me to jump out of comfort. Mm-hmm. If if I would have stayed where I mean, because I was I was cool where I was. I wrote my last couple job descriptions at my old job. I created. The, I told them what I wanted to make. They gave it to me. I had my offices. I had two offices, one on campus, one off campus. Like I created the, my the, the space that I wanted, and I didn't have any complaints. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, but I was comfortable. Right and. You can't be comfortable and transformative at the same time. Oh no! And so, how I, I wouldn't be able to do the work I'm doing now if I would have remained comfortable. Yeah. But I needed the deck to be stacked enough for me to to jump out of comfort. Uh, what to say? Out of the frying pan into the fire, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to jump out of comfort into this unknown oh, territory. And so, um. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and that discomfort for me, it's like the discomfort was even letting me look at other options because sometimes when you're so comfortable, you don't even explore options. Exactly. So it was because I did not like my job, like with the George, like my the my um, last in office job. Mm-hmm. 
like they acted up. And yeah. so like it was an experience where I was like, I have to go. Yeah. Because I was comfortable there. Like I really I was a director of evaluation. I loved my team. Yeah. Um but I got uncomfortable, which made me look for the job that was remote. Exactly. You know what I mean? But I, I would have never looked for a remote job before. Right. I would have never even left that job before. Mm-hmm. But I got so uncomfortable I had to go. Yes. And so sometimes that discomfort allows you to even explore other options. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, the, uh, you know, how a mother eagle, um, she doesn't teach her eaglets how to fly. Mm-hmm. All she does is when they get to a certain point, she plucks out the bottom of the nest mm-hmm. and it's fly or die. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's fly. <laughs> but she makes, she, un, she unsettles the nest mm-hmm. to where you, you, you got to stay here. You, yes. You, you, you got to make a move. Right. Oh, yeah. And so um, that, that, wow, that's, that's, that's powerful. So, Let's go into um, you. You talked about losing your mother mm-hmm. at a at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to to that point, and um, I, I want to kind of know like how was it becoming a, a black woman mm-hmm. um, without the the direct model of a mother as a black woman uh, throughout those um, formidable years, those teenage years, um, where you're trying to figure out what's the fad or what mm-hmm. should I be doing or who should I be dating or um, what, what I was in a Caribbean household so you don't date anybody oh okay, okay okay there you go um, first and foremost so let's, let's talk about that <laughs> even how that fits in the West Indian culture yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I'd love you for you to share a little bit of, of that with our uh, listeners gosh here we go in there um, that's a really, really interesting question. I think, um, because when my mom passed away, of course I grew up with my grandparents yeah. and so they're older mm-hmm. and, um, my grandfather's from Belize, um, by way of Honduras. And then my grandmother's from the South. So she's from Effingham, South Carolina, Okay, a really small town. And oh, so yeah, that gotta be small. Right. It, yeah. A jail. And I think they got a jail and a, and a post office. Oh Lord. Have, and, a church, and a church. And a church. In a church. Um, so they were, so it, I didn't really, I had my cousins. So I had mm-hmm. some cousins who also moved to Florence, um, South Carolina with us. And so they were kind of my role models, like my big sisters. Mm-hmm. But I will also say that me becoming a black woman and recognizing that it's also hard because I think there was still in a West Indian household, there was still this difference between black Americans and right, us. Right. right? And yeah. so I think it wasn't until grad school that mm-hmm. I really understood what it was to be like I was able to disentangle some of those stereotypes like mm. the bootstraps yep. because again that was something my grandfather always told I moved to this country because he was about hard work stability, I had nothing education like yeah. I didn't have to do chores because I got good grades right Right. it was like okay education is it because for him education was the key Yeah. and so it was the bootstrap mentality like I came to this country with nothing mm-hmm. look at what we have now get your education and you can do all things and I remember like my choice was only to be a doctor or a lawyer mm. and I remember I wanted to go to school to be a doctor but then I realized like I don't like to t- I don't like blood and I don't like to touch people Right. and so um, when I switched my uh, my major to education to become a teacher he was like you went to college to become a teacher I, like, I remember right. it being a moment but um, I will say in terms of me becoming a black woman mm-hmm. it was I had experiences that prepared me to understand but I didn't know how to interpret those experiences right right and right. so it wasn't until graduate school I was able to kind of put that critical lens on my experiences so for example I went to a black school mm-hmm. Wilson High School but I was in the IB program okay so I was in the black school but my classes were not predominantly black right right and yeah. so for me it was like that whole idea of access and tokenism mm-hmm. and realizing because in my mind i'm like well why are my peers not going to because most of my peers went to schools probably in south carolina or other places mm-hmm. but i really i had access to counselors who told me about school. i never i went to wellesley yeah i don't know about wellesley, about wellesley like, yeah what? in some south carolina yeah right and yeah. so i had exposure so i realized it wasn't that i was better or smarter it was i had more access, access. and exposure to things and yeah. so i was able to now look at 
situations more critically with graduates. Like when gra- and I learned about just schooling versus educating black people, the history of black education. Like you realize all these things and myths that you're taught in school are false. Like you have to learn how to ask questions. And yeah. so grad school for me brought out curiosity, okay. which is why I go so hard now in my work for black and brown communities. Because it's like if you don't have the knowledge and exposure, you're mm-hmm. like you don't know to critique those situations. Right. Because we're limited. And yeah. so, um, and so, yeah. So I think, so me becoming a black woman, again, I keep going back to like bigger, yeah. um, bigger aspects of it. But then I think also me being a part of a sorority, mm-hmm. um, that was pivotal because now I'm around predominantly black women. Right. Um, because I went to Wellesley, which was a predominantly white school. Yeah. And it was very important for me to join a black sorority. Like I was looking for community. And I think in that, I was looking for like my black sisterhood. I was looking for my black community. So yeah. me joining Sigma Gamma Rho was a pivotal moment for me because now I had access to this international you know, network of yeah. powerful black women. Yeah. And I even have like my networks um, on campus, right? So I even learned from, I was part of Ethos, which is the black student union mm-hmm. on campus. I was a part of Wicked, which is um, Women for Caribbean and Caribbean Development. Okay. So again, I think in college was when I began to really explore my different identities. Mm-hmm. But then graduate school was when I was able to like really understand what it meant for me to be a black woman in America. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And so in that same vein, how did you... Uh, find your voice. First of all, let me say, I, I think that it's, it's amazing how your dad, you know, your your options were doctor or lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. And you just found another way to become a doctor. And that, you know, that's so true. It's just so, it's so, it's so powerful. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, he he had one idea of doctor. That's true. That's right? true. And that's you, so you're true. still a doctor. Yeah. And I'm still accomplished. And I'm still um, uh, heralded, heralded in the same way, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, in that same vein, how did you go um, uh, about establishing your voice as a black woman? So you're you're realizing your space and your identity, but a lot of times, um, uh, the conversion of actually like employing your voice mm-hmm. and self advocating and like when did you first start to be able to um, understand your voice one and then uh, implement your voice into your work or into your experiences so that you're now a black woman who is seen valued and heard yeah I would say that's more recent okay there's something about turning 40 yeah. and those late 30s that to just take the filter off it okay? does it does um so I will be honest in saying like this has definitely been a journey towards that and I can definitely see there's been um kind of stepping stones along the way but my voice is yeah. more recent okay because to your point about even reimagining what it means to be doctor like what I'm realizing that I had a lot of unlearning to do and yes. so my transition to Tulsa was really this unlearning or part of my unlearning process mm-hmm. because I unlearned like work and stability right because my, like I thought work you had to be in an office so what does it mean and so for me then it's like learning like oh you can you can switch jobs because even me I had that job for six months mm-hmm. and I had an opportunity to do something else I was like ooh is it going to look bad for me to take another job and so I realized like again these different choices I realized like slowly like Sis, you got options. You got options, yeah. And like success for me is no longer what someone else's validation, right? Like success is not, oh, are you in the job for 10 But am I happy here? So That's I think it. I started to to really consider myself more yes. as opposed to like, fuck all the noise. Yes. Like, just like, who are you and what do you want? Like, at the end of the day, what makes you happy? Yeah. You know, um, so yes, I think there's, uh, I kind of lost a question though, but how did I find my voice? And so I think that just became, as I took the chains off, as yeah. I unlearned more and more. Mm-hmm. And so for me, even like the whole idea of a job, like, because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, if you don't, if you quit your job, 
you know, and even before then, even the idea of a sabbatical, because I was tired. Like my last job, mm-hmm. my most recent job burned me out. And so even the idea of a career break, I didn't even know it was an option. Mm-hmm. But one of my friends who's a lawyer, she took a year sabbatical. And I was like, people do that? Like Ooh. you take a whole year? Yeah. like you, A gap year? Like you're not, you're not doing work? Yeah. Like what does that mean? Even right. the idea of like not working. And, this whole, and I think there's also this collective unrest among black women of like, we tired. Yes. And we are like progressing and moving towards this soft life yeah. that we're no longer going to be your mule. Like we're not, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, and so I think me being in the midst of that and seeing more and more women, especially women of color, black women talking about that allowed me, gave me more permission to like, Oh, you can, cause at first when I, you know, I wasn't going to take, I wasn't going to start my own, I was just going to take a career break, Nice. you know? And so even the idea of me just taking a break and resting. And now that I have my own business, I think that was one of the things that was so important to me it's like, this is my chance because in other jobs, I had to reflect the, the, my employer, yeah. right? Like when it comes to like equity focus evaluations or having conversations with clients, mm-hmm. you know, I want to have those conversations. But if I'm doing it under the guise of my employer, I can't because I'm representing them. So right. it was important for me now that I have my own business, you can do this. Yeah. And I remember being afraid of like, oh, if you say that you are equity focused, if you say that you are focused on, you know, black and brown communities, you're going to lose job. Like, are you going to I remember thinking like, oh, am I going to get... Am I going to get jobs? But right. now that I'm unapologetic, it's just like I see people are more interested in it or I'm just getting the people who I'm aligned with. Yeah. So for me, it's it's still a slow process. But now in a place now where I am just completely un- unapologetic about who I am because it feels right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just taking that meter off and it's just about like what feels good to me. Like forget mm-hmm. what other people think. Mm-hmm. Forget all of that. But just like what makes you sleep well at night? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it, I love the way that you, in order to create the soft life, you created a firm. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey, okay, how about okay. that? Wordplay. <laughs> um, and so let's talk about uh, JMC Consulting Firm. What was the impetus for that? And how did, what gave you the gumption to kind of like, Step out on your own and, 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 and activate yourself. Yeah, again, divine timing. And when I tell you Tulsa is everything, like Tulsa is everything. It, yeah. I can honestly say hands down it would not have happened if I were not in Tulsa. Yep. Um, and I think I met you at that pivotal moment because when I met you, um, and it was early 2022, um, I was in a place was like, okay, this my job was just, when I tell you uncomfortable. Yeah uncomfortable yeah. like it was a job I was overworked I was it was just not a good space for mm-hmm. me I was tired and I was thinking okay maybe I need to just I need a corporate job so at the time for my 40th birthday I bought myself a career coach because okay. I was like okay I think I need to be in a higher position I need to be like something the same right but yeah. I don't know I knew I needed guidance so I had a career coach and I remember we had one conversation and we were kind of working towards my own business. And I remember I came back to her in a meeting and I was like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do my own business. Let's um, let's focus on getting me a corporate job. I want to be an executive. I want to. And she was like, OK, so first of all, I'm going to support you. But is this out of fear or clarity? Oh. And I said, oops, sis, did you just yes. let me pick up my face off the floor? Because I realized it was out of fear. Was I was fear. like, because yeah. and she was like, OK, let's. And this one meeting with her um, and she was just like. So what's what are you scared of? And yeah. I was like, what if I don't get jobs? What if I don't get clients? Yeah. What if I can't sustain myself? What yeah. if like all those? And she's like, okay, well let's come up with a plan to mitigate that. Yeah. And I was like, oh. So we did that, and then I met you, and then the new you program came about, hey. and it was in the middle of that. New, new. And so I started the new you. Was that in when February? February. February. Uh, February 3rd. Yeah, and so yeah. it was a perfect transition because I was transitioning with her in March. It was my last meeting with her. Mm-hmm. I started New You in February. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of kept that going. And then we had a conversation there. And so the same theme came up. And I remember you were telling me about the gazelle because I was still scared. Yes. Like, yeah. I, remember, okay, I remember, like, I want to quit my job so bad, but I'm so scared. Yes. And you were like, okay, so you told me the story because you always got a story about animals. I don't, hey. know, did you, I don't know about 
Pittsburgh informs. But anyway. Oh, you um, know what? <laughs> but you was got a story about antelope. But you talking about the antelope. Yeah. Like, the antelope doesn't jump because it doesn't, it doesn't know where it's going to land. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm not jumping if I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but the lion just leaps. And I was like, you know what? You know what? Yeah. And like that became, I was like, I'm just, I just need to be a lion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so in the middle of the new you program, I quit. I put in my notice. I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't, but I knew I was like, I'm going to give myself three months. Yeah. And if I don't have a job, and I was like, how much, how much time do I have before I start stripping, right? Like, I had to like, <laughs> how much is in my bank account? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I gave myself three months. I was like, okay, if you don't get contracts, if you don't have any traction in yeah. those three months, then you go find a job. Because right. I was like, well, and I have to think of myself, I have to start asking, what's the worst thing that can happen and can I live with that? And the worst thing that can happen is you find a job. Yeah. You just go like, back to work. And I was like, you know what? That's not so bad after all. Yeah. And so anyway, so that kind of started that. And um, and at the same time with New You, being a part of New You plugged me into just the other networks. Because mm-hmm. I was in New You and then I was also doing the 30s. I was also going to 36 right. more um, to plug in and then connected with um, Desiree mm-hmm. and Ashley Sims with Building Tulsa. Yep. I did the Entrepreneurship and Residence Program. Yes. Like the application is free. Why Shout not? out to Building Tulsa. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, when I tell you the support from them has just been um, phenomenal. And can't forget Kai Harris on that team as mm-hmm. well. Um, but yeah, and so did the entrepreneurship and residence for program, and then for there, I was specifically around other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because you have a dedicated desk, right? And so it just kind of slowly happened. And again, I when I tell you everything has lined up, I haven't had to really promote the business quite yet because a lot of it has been coming from referrals. Yeah. Like people reaching out to me like, hey, I need an evaluation. Do you still do evaluations? Because mm-hmm. I always, you know, as black, we always have a hustle. Right. So I always had like one or two projects in my back pocket right. along the way, but it just grew, yeah. and it's just been. I don't know, like it just kind of unfolded. And so there's James C. Consulting Firm, and we are unapologetically about um, equity, collaboration, and action. So mm-hmm. making sure that data is used for action, not just on the shelf. Mm, um, and, I, and even to the point where it's in my contract. Yeah. Like when you work with me, these are the conversations that we're going to have. Yeah. And that we are going to have an action planning session. We're going to talk about sense making. So yeah. for me, it's just been learning the business and then just what are those things that I'm not willing to budge on? And I just have an amazing team of black women, Ryan. Um, Cook is one of them who's on my team and hey. she's my admin assistant and my social media person. Shout out to Ryan. Um, and I just have an amazing team of just black women um, in Tulsa specifically yeah. um, who have been a part of my team. So that's, yeah, yeah. It's just been, yeah, amazing. Wow. I'm so proud of you. I remember our conversations around taking that leap. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember your feedback specifically around the that story in South Africa um, mm-hmm. that, I, yeah. that I tell during New You. And... Um, how you 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 echoed that for probably the next couple months like you oh, yeah. just said it that. was my so, screensaver yeah. remember that like yeah. i was like okay because i was like this i need to, like okay sis you you can't and i was like you owe it to yourself yes. and i was like i don't want to be 60 thinking about what ifs yeah like i'd rather try and fail than not have tried it all and Absolutely. i think that's when you get to that point it's like fuck it yeah like, let's go yeah like just try it and yeah. so yeah yeah, no, I'm so proud of you, and to see the growth, to see the, and, and, but I think it's so beautiful is to see um, other Black women come in and support you, mm-hmm. and um, you all be able to find ways to have symbiotic relationships oh, yeah. between how you are feeding Ryan work, Ryan is helping you with your work, you know, Imani came in there, oh, yeah, and the, Myers, the, the, yeah. the different the different players, um, and it, it's just beautiful to see, and this type of this doesn't happen other places, and it doesn't happen this easy other places. That part. Yeah, it's organic. It feels natural to kind of get in and undergird one another, and then all of a sudden you're like, it's, "We've been doing this two years. This is great." Like, not even two years. Yeah, Aaron. it's been a year. Like, well, I I'm, I'm just saying, oh, like, okay. this period, like, oh. you, the time just flies, it does. and 
you're you're looking at it, looking at how much you've accomplished. It was seamless. Yes, you had to work, but I, I'm enjoying the people I'm working with. We laugh together. We may get a drink together. Like we, this just doesn't happen like this, no, no, you know. Not no. this stress free. You know? I mean, it's not. It's just there's still stress, but I will say the support and the resources are here. Yeah. Um, and that's that's made all the difference. Yeah. Um, because if not, if not, because again, part of it is like I know how to do my job. Like I know how to do evaluation, but how do I become a business owner? Like how do I like all of those things? Yes. I didn't know how to do. Right. And so that's where Building Tulsa came in, and then even having another another network of again just being a part of their programs. It's all about cohort. Yes. And so even with um, the female pit founders pitch, pitch night, we're right. all sitting there, even though we're competing, yeah. we're all sitting there struggling, giving ourselves, you know, feedback yeah. on our pitches. And it's just, for me, it's like this this professional learning community. So we're stressing, yeah. but we're stressing together. We're going to figure it out together. And where I have knowledge, you may not. Yeah. And we share. So for me, it's just that, that sh- it almost feels like my HBCU experience. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. coming from Wellesley, like from these pretty much PWIs, like for me, this has been, because it's about learning, yeah. right? Like this is not easy. I'm not over here frolicking. Right. Right. But I'm struggling and not struggling either, but I'm just like learning in community. And I think that's the huge yes. thing for me. Yeah. It, it allows you to know that it's safe to learn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm not the only one out here. Part. I, I got 200 people in here. We all learn together. Yeah. And you may know this and I may know that, but we don't, none of us have it all. Mm-hmm. Versus other places you go and you think that you're in a room by yourself. That. Yeah. So that's, that's that's powerful. One of the things that New Voices does, it serves as a megaphone for individuals who are endured pivotal points or uh, transformational experiences. And so I, I want to just take I want to go through a, a night or maybe a season of your life where you didn't know if you were going to make it. Whether it was professional, whether it was a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, you you your your back was against the wall, um, and you were trying to figure out how how do I make the next what is the next move and how do I make that um, and it just take us through it doesn't you don't have to say names but I, I would love for you to share with the audience like how you what were your your thoughts in that moment and then how did you persevere through to to now get where you are now Mm, that's a really really good question and i think the most obvious place to go would be work okay or to think about jobs but i feel like maybe i'll tap into i'll be a little bit more vulnerable okay i appreciate that tap into relationships right because i think um i met my partner when i moved here to tulsa okay and i think relationships are hard in general yes and um growing with people um in that in that space um can be very difficult yeah and so what I've learned is that I tend to run away from struggle. Mm. I don't I don't want to struggle. Yeah. Who I does? Look, if I mess up in my journal, throw it away, give me a new one. That's you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of and so with this relationship that I'm in now, we've been also able to grow and learn together. Yeah. And we've had some I'm not going to give all my, my details out cuz it's not shade room. <laughs> right, right, right. But um we've had some pretty difficult experiences in our relationship. Yeah. And where I've wanted to just run away and throw it all away, yeah. I had to also look at the good. Yeah. So I think in any situation that you're in, like, yes, it may be bad or there may be some some negative aspects to it, but also look at the good mm. and begin to weigh those. Because I think in the moment, it's so easy for me to look at this one situation or this one conversation and be right. because they're having time, look, throw it away, Yeah. like lose my number, we out, yeah. block, delete. I know. Don't do that. Yeah, you're <laughs> from Brooklyn. I, I know what I'm talking look, to. 
I don't got time for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but I had to allow myself to be human. I had to allow him to be human. Yes. Because I think there's this air of perfection that I have as well. Like, mm-hmm. I have to be perfect. So I expect my partner, my people to be perfect. Right. And it's not. So I think in that moment, what allowed me to just kind of stay and navigate was just realizing that we're human. Mm-hmm. And then I also had to just not focus on the one, but look bigger. Yeah. Like, who is he as a person? How are we together? Right. Can we navigate through that? Is he willing to change? Am I willing to change? How do we compromise? Yeah. And I think that's how I've been able to just navigate having a whole human being in my life. You know what I mean? Nice. Because it's sometimes when you're by yourself, it's just easier because it's just you. But I think when you're navigating either situations or people, but it's looking at both sides of it. Yeah. And then seeing, just making sure that there's balance there. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So you you basically you created a process or you you were able to process mm-hmm. and reevaluate here the evaluator reevaluate yeah. your situation and see that the pros outweigh the cons yeah and it takes time to do that oh it takes time yeah um and it, and you have to like become unemotional at that point to like be, become rational and yeah. say okay yeah so I, I want to know um, Montana. Um, you know, you're leading JMC consulting firm um, and the business is growing mm-hmm. and the contracts are flowing and you have great momentum. How do you hold on to hope? Mm. I love this question. And I think it's not as much as how do I hold on to hope, but you can't hold on to hope and fear. Oh, I love fear it. Fear is a lot heavier. Yes. And so for me, I've always had hope, but I've allowed my fear to take over. Yeah. And so the way that I hold on to hope is that I let, let go, go of fear. fear. I love it. I love it. Ryan, if that ain't the tagline, <laughs> if, if that ain't on something somewhere, we got we knuckle up in the streets because that is she just dropped a gym there. Yeah. I let I, I hold on to hope by letting go of fear. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Um. And and so that is something that you probably have to revisit every, oh, every day. Yes. Every day. And I think for me, it's about electing pop because it's so easy for me to just think about the, like, what's the bad thing that happened? So I'm retraining because like, like I said, this is a process of unlearning. Like the world teaches you these really bad and toxic habits. So yeah. I have to like actively unlearn them. Yes. So for me, instead of trying to think of like, what's the worst thing, what's the best thing can happen? And can I live without that? Absolutely. Like the best thing that can happen with my business is that it booms. I'm able to support all these organizations and these people. And like, that's the best thing that happened. Yeah. I want that. The yes. fear is that I don't get, but at the same time, like electing positive intent and looking towards the positive, like that for me is where I want to focus my efforts, yes. not on the what can go wrong. Yes. Yeah. Wow. This has been powerful. And um, I-, I told you all you were in for a treat. <laughs> uh, we're, call to action. What? What? How do people follow you? How do people get to uh, experience your work? How do people get to experience you as an individual? Mm-hmm. How, how should people pull up? Yeah. So we are active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you can find me at JMK. JMC Consulting Firm mm-hmm. um, on Instagram, which will then lead you to all of our other pages. We are launching our website in a couple of weeks, so okay. that's where we'll announce that. But if you follow me on Instagram, that's going to be the best way to find me. And I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can look me up as Jesse um, Montana Kane on LinkedIn. And if you ever want to email me, Montana at jmcconsulting.com. Oh. Um, but yeah. Okay. This has been wonderful. I am. Um I'm just elated. I can't wait for this to air. I really, I really, I can't. Um, because I think that, like I said, I, real recognize real. Yeah. And I think that your authentic self shows up in spaces um, that it helps other people 
to then be authentic because you are, are there. And that's a powerful, that's a superpower. Um, so I encourage you to lean into that everywhere you go. Um, you give people license to be real. That's powerful. That's power. They don't have to. I don't have to be somebody else. I can be me and I can be valid in being me. Um, and uh, where many people are struggling with who I am, how I am, should I show up? How do I show up? You are just. Dr. Jesse Montana Kane. Yeah, you just got to be. You know, yeah. you have to just, what feels good to you? You know yeah. what I mean? At the end of the day, because other people's opinions don't matter. They don't pay the rent. Nothing. You know what I mean? So and they don't just, get free rent in my head. Listen. Yes. So it's just like, you just kind of let it go. And yeah. I also just thank you for just creating that safe space. Because again, it was that first conversation when it's just like, like you said, we connected. And yeah. when you say real, recognize is real. Like that is so true. And yeah. it's also just being around other authentic people Absolutely. that just allow you to flex that muscle. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm just grateful again for this connection. And yeah, I look, yeah, this was a great conversation. You got me a little emotional. I'm trying to be savage. But, okay. Uh, you know. You tried. It's okay. <laughs> try, You're still a boss. You all, right. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, please follow us on social media. We are New You Tulsa dot com on uh, online and then on social we're just new you tulsa on ig fb and li thank you so much for listening and we look forward to hearing more from you thank you for listening to this episode of new voices visit our website at www.newutulsa.com that is n-e-w-u tulsa.com follow us on social media at new you tulsa on facebook instagram and linkedin and a special thank you to our producer jesse ulrich if you're looking for self-improvement, join our free cohorts for personal and professional development opportunities. New You is a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. Bring your future into focus. Oh,